Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Uh, for those of you who don't know Financing Solutions, we uh, provide very easy to set up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you're interested in learning more about our business line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. I personally have had a credit line for my businesses for you know over 30 years. I know the value of it. I really believe in it. It's nice to be able to run a company that... Um, you believe in what you do, and um, and I do. I really believe you should have a line of credit. We have one too. There you go. And it, they're really hard to get. I mean, most people don't know that. They're, they're not not. For, I would say for us, but if you go to a commercial bank, you're in it for a shocker to 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 see what it's like. Uh, and so, uh, what everybody should know too is that over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the five million to 25 million dollar in revenue range per year, including two companies that make the make the 500 the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience, and today I am very excited to be speaking with Scott Baradell from Idea Grove. Scott Baradell is a writer and entrepreneur who grew his PR agency, Idea Grove, with business generated by its popular blog. Idea Grove is one of the top 25 tech PR agencies in the United States, a three-time Inc. 5000 company, and an Inc. Best Workplace in 2021 and 2022. Scott is the author of the new book, Trust Signals, Brand Building in a post truth world. Scott, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And <clears throat> this is completely unsolicited, I know, but but can I give a very brief testimonial for credit lines? For yeah, business? please. Well, it's been important, so important to me because, you know, you know, I might be, I'm an entrepreneur who never really planned to be one. Um, I, after I left the corporate world, I started my own business. The first six years, it was just me working from home, and I had real trepidation about starting a business. This, I remember signing that first contract for uh, telecom service. You know, back then you had to sign up for three years for VoIP. Now you can do it month to month, and the first lease and all those things and all those commitments were very scary to me, um, having never owned a business before. And now, you know, I've got thirty-five people now. Um, in the business we've been doing this for 18 years now but i remember very specifically the moment when I, it was recommended to me that i get a credit line because honestly we had been break even for a number of years and when we had a bad month i i literally would not get take a paycheck it was like that and when you're when you're on tight margins and trying to grow the relief that a credit line can give you is incredible. And so we got a credit line probably the first time about 10 years ago. I should have gotten it sooner, um, but we've just, we've increased it a couple of times since then. And, um, you know, you grow a business to a certain size, you can't take care of a bad month by just not taking a paycheck, you know, um, and you don't want to lay people off. So 
it, it, it's just, uh, it's been huge for us and, and just for small business owners who don't know about it, haven't thought about it, haven't thought about the benefits or are worried about, oh, I don't want to get in debt. That's not what a credit line is about. You know, a credit line is about giving, having a little less risk and a little less stress as you're trying to grow your business and you can grow, you can have a strategy that is conservative as you want it to be. It's still good to have a credit line. So what do you, yeah, that, that is the unsolicited testimony. No, I agree. And you're not, a, you're not a client of ours either. So, I right. mean, you know, listen, if you, if you can get a credit line through a commercial bank, go for it. Right. But good luck with that. And also most people don't realize that a commercial credit line with a local or commercial bank costs quite a bit of money to set up. You know, our credit line doesn't cost anything to set up. So it's, it's really a great cash backup plan. If you don't use it, it doesn't cost you anything versus a bank. It's a little bit different. But anyway, I, you know, I don't want to get into uh, financing solutions. That's not really the, the objective we're, you know, we're there for you. If you need it, if you're not, if you don't need it, then you don't need it. Uh, only other thing I would add to what you're saying is that 75% of the reason why people use their credit lines for payroll and you can't miss payroll. I'm not talking about payroll for yourself. I'm talking about payroll right. for your company. You know, you want to create turmoil in your company. And by the way, it's illegal not to pay your people on time. So, I mean, that's the other thing. It's both the, you know, uh, the moral part, the tax, the, the, the penalty part, and also the commotion it causes. But let, let's jump right into our podcast. And today, uh, I, I've always been very interested in this topic that we're going to cover today, uh, having run numerous small businesses myself. And yes, a $25 million business is considered a small business still. Um, unless you have a public company, then, you know, uh, that's considered, you know, a, a big business. Um, but today's topic is the value of small business, uh, small businesses building a trusting brand. And the reason why I've always been interested in this topic is I worked for Xerox for eight and a half years for my first, in my first, uh, go my, between my, in my twenties before I started my first company. And, you know, the idea of building a brand to me was always a big business idea. Like the idea of spending that amount of money just to build your brand or keeping your brand built, especially like a company like Xerox, which, you know, by the way, most people don't know them. They're, the Xerox was the Google of its day. And the brand Xerox was, you know, uh, huge. Now it's completely different. So, you know, what do you think about the idea that that a should a small business be concerned about their brand? Absolutely. And it's very natural to think, oh, I'm too small. I just have to focus on sales. But what that can do is kind of put you on a on a treadmill, uh, a hamster wheel where you're always chasing sales because you haven't built a brand to do two things, have business opportunities come to you as opposed to you always having to chase them. And when you build a brand, you do that and it builds long-term brand equity that has value in terms of attracting business to you. Also, it makes, it's not lead generation. Brand building is not lead generation, but it makes the funnel accelerate. In other words, if you've built brand trust at every stage of the funnel, you're your folks are the people you're trying to reach and sell to are going to get through that faster. Uh, I'll give you an example, and this is apply can apply to a small business. The book Trust Signals 
is about practical tools that you can use to show your to to show evidence points to your potential customers online that you can be trusted to do business with so then they'll come to your website and then hopefully on your website you've got more evidence points that show you can be trusted and then they'll want to take the action you want them to take on your website but to give you an example we had a pr manager uh, on our team who had a baby recently um, before she had the baby she and her husband were you know they were putting together the baby's room it was her first baby they'd already gone over budget and so they wanted to get a, a crib mattress and um, they decided you know what we're way over budget let's find the cheapest crib mattress we can find and lori was starting to in this direction to do this and then she had occurred to her, she had seen some creator on Instagram a few months earlier talking about most of these, these cheap crib mattresses are, they, they're not safe because they're toxic and they have this, and, and they were talking about the, the, the best non-toxic crib mattresses. And there was a recommendation of a particular one. She couldn't remember it because she wasn't thinking about that at the time, but she did a Google search and the first few results, the name of that brand came up. And it connected with her. And she said, oh, that's the one this creator had mentioned. And then she starts looking at, to see what people think of it. She finds reviews. She finds a bunch of reviews that are four and five stars saying, this is the best thing. I feel so safe. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, this was the right decision. It was worth paying more. All those kinds of things. Use cases that sounded like hers. Then she's looking and she finds media coverage in Parents Magazine endorsing it. Um, then she goes to their website finally. And she sees this seal that says that they have been um, validated and verified by this sanctioning, you know, organization in terms of uh, best mattresses, in terms of safety-related issues. And all of this led her to eventually buy a crib mattress that was way more than what she intended to pay. That's the kind of thing that you can achieve, no matter what size your business is. And I call those uh, little evidence points that brought her to your website um, bread, trust breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs of trust. So as a small business, if you can build your brand to spread those breadcrumbs of trust online, man, it's going to be a lot easier for you because sometimes people will find the breadcrumb and then come to your website and want to do business with you. Other times, maybe they've heard of you or you've, you've found them, but they still are going to check you out. You check out anything that you're thinking about doing online today, and they're going to want to find those reviews and those evidence points. If you haven't done that, and that's all brand building, that's not sales, then you're much less likely to make that sale because you're going to have to do it all through your charming personality, right? You're going to have to like convince them to trust you as a person rather than have them already trust you as a brand. Yeah, it's, boy, it's a, you know, you ever get, I mean, I'm 58 years, 58 years old, right? And I am not somebody who's set in my ways at all, right? But it's hard for somebody. Let's well, let me be exact. It's. I don't think I ever looked at my company and said, "I'm going to really build my brand," right? I I've always been. And I, I'm glad that you said it early on that branding is not lead generation. I've always been focused. Those who listen to my podcast always know that I really believe in lead generation being a key to a successful business. 
For sure. However, and also, uh, I, I don't, you know, so, you know, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to tell our listeners a, a, a meeting I had yesterday with our SEO company and, um, and, I, and I, was, I was telling them about the results that we're getting when we close our deals that they're not coming from the articles that we write. And we write a lot of articles, right? And what the person at my SEO company said, yeah, but what happens is people are reading your articles. They're remembering your name and they're coming back at a different time. And the data supports what they're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and so that's, it's like a brandy thing. So like now after hearing this very short conversation, Scott, that you and I are having, I'm like, okay, in 2023, maybe I should be focusing my direction a little bit more on how do we continue to build our brand? Yeah, I, I think your your firm made a your SEO firm made a really good point. Um, you know, the reality is for almost any product, um, on average, 95% of your buyers or potential buyers are not in market at that time. Uh-huh. So if you're if you're just pushing a sales message, even if you're targeting the right people, nine, 95% are not in the market to buy at that time. You know, people aren't in a market to buy a credit line all the time, right? They're just because they're a business. Yes. Maybe the credit line they're going to they're going to seek is next year or the year after. Yeah. But if the, if you've already established yourself, that's why we say, you know, yeah, you could focus on lead generation exclusively, um, that's focusing on 5% of your market all the time. That 5% is ready to buy. And by the way, you're competing with everybody else who wants them and they don't know you. So what's your advantage? If you're focusing on that 95%, then you've got an advantage when they become the 5% because they already know you. So your your SEO firm is exactly right. I would go a lot further than even uh, a lot of SEO firms do because SEO firm will tell you, hey, you got traffic to these blog articles and so forth, and the SEO is working in this category. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is uh, Google is not just a search engine. It's a media company. It's not just a media company. It's really today the ultimate arbiter of trust in this country. Um, In other words, the biggest value of searching for, say, uh, business, small business credit lines, and if you come up the top, the biggest benefit to that is not, mm. oh, you're going to get more web traffic because you're one of the top results. And that's what SEO firms always emphasize. Hey, you have to be in the top three results because that's where all the traffic goes. True. But the even bigger benefit is that you Google decided you deserve to be in the top three results. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times it when if you look at um, branded searches, say someone searches for your business or mine or any small business, and you use Google Google Search Console to, to track it, you'll see that usually no more than 30% of the people that search for your business by name actually then click through to your website. They're looking at other sites for information about you. And that's so. So in other words, um, the way that you're presented online and your visibility and and, uh, I can't tell you how many people have come to us 
And they didn't click on us because we were a top three result. But what happened is they saw that and then they kept searching around and they saw that we popped up high on a review site or as were recommended over here in a blog post or things like that. And then they came to us and said, man, you were everywhere we looked, you know? So that, that suggested to them that we were probably a good agency to work with. Uh, we, we knew how to get ourselves visible online, but beyond that, Google and review sites and all these other third party sources of third party validation were saying, Hey, you know, we rose to the top for a reason. So the traffic is great that you get from it, but the brand value of it is even greater. How is, so what would you, I, I'll add to what you're saying, which I was thinking about before, but I, I got off track. And that is sometimes let's just do Let's be specific with building your brand. Sometimes the value that you get out of building your brand is not just building your brand in your clients' minds. It is, it is the internal exercise that it creates of this is what we mean. This is what we mean to our customers. This is what we mean to our employees. This is what we mean to everybody who's around us, our suppliers, everybody. And that amount of energy and it transcends the entire organization. And I, I, you know, I know from experience that doing those type of exercises and saying, this is what we believe in. This is how we act. This is, uh, I don't know the methodology, but you know, all those, uh, I'm just saying off the top of my head, right, right. you know, really makes a big difference in how your company grows. It, it's so true. And it's kind of the true North. And as you grow an organization, it becomes more and more important because pretty, you know, it's one reason why small businesses don't understand sometimes the value of branding as much as larger businesses, because, you know, the a smaller business is so tied to the founder and, and the seed. But at a certain point, you can't be in every meeting. You can't talk to every client. How do you replicate the values that, 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 the company of created represents as you get larger, you realize, you know what? A corporation is not really a, uh, a thing, you know, according to the Supreme court, it's a person or has personhood, but it's really just a stack of legal documents somewhere. So in other words, the founder can leave a company at any time. Um, if it's public, you know, shareholders buy and sell it at any time, any employee can leave at any time. So what, what is it that makes this a thing? Is it just legal documents? No, it's the brand. The, 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 the value of a brand is the continuity in terms of the expectations that the customer will have when they do business with it. So um, you have to establish what that is apart from the owner's own identity. And that's a, an important, a really important strategic step for a small business to try to grow and be more than a small business. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it amazes me that, um, you know, I have a 22 year old son, I have a 13 year old son too, but I have a 22 year old son who, who, who works for, works for a big bank right now. And he's a really smart kid. He's just not just smart, but he's mature. And he, um, he, him and I have always had business conversations 
And, you know, early on when he was like a freshman in high school, I, I was talking to him and teaching him about company culture. Right. And what that means, you know, that that the idea that a company has a personality mm -hmm. and the idea that you, you take a company like Apple, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees. And yet. The, the culture of the company stems from one guy. Right. And it's still there. Right. Now, the brand of Apple, it reflects that personality. It reflects that culture. And yes, you can get a PR agency in there and an advertising agency in there and they'll play that up. But, you know, if the advertising agency is smart, the PR agency is smart, they're not creating a new personality for their company. They're trying to bring out what that personality is, really it, really is. Right? Right. And, right. and so... You know, I think there. I think you're hitting a nail on, on the head, and that is, if you want your company to accelerate its growth from its normal growth pattern that it would have happened, I think putting work into branding for your organization. I mean, I'm going to show everybody because you can't. If you're not watching video, you can't see it. While Scott's been talking, I've been writing notes about what I'm build brand trust for 2023 for myself, for my company, and do trust exercises so that I can improve my brand in 2023. Cause you know, we've been around for 12 years and I've done little parts about this, but I don't think I've ever sat down and say, okay, how do we build our brand? Right. And, and, you know, for small businesses, I was thinking about you know, the book is for all size businesses, but for small businesses, a lot of times, you know, related to branding, you know, a lot of um, big brands, you know, you associate them with worrying about their reputation and what's said about them on social media and stuff. Well, you know, these days it's a different world. Small businesses aren't immune from uh, negative backlash either. Uh, even sometimes, a lot of times it's not even deserved. We have a, at a, a, that the place where I get my hair cut um, happens to have the name similar to a salon that's owned by uh, someone who's very into politics in Dallas. And uh, she made a lot of noise and got a lot of publicity that she had, I guess has turned into some kind of a political career by keeping her salon open when there was lockdown um, on for COVID, and Ted Cruz, our Texas senator, went and had a haircut with her. Well, meanwhile, her, the, the 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 place was called Salon Alamode. I happened to go to a place called Alamode Hair Studio, which was shut down, but they started to get all these calls from people who were angry with them. Sometimes people saying, "We we're with you," and they had no idea what was even going on. Wow. <laughs> Why am I getting all these calls? But, the, but, and they had all these negative reviews that got posted uh, that they had to deal with and try to get removed. So it's just to show you're not, you're in the game as a small business online, whether you want to be or not. So that being the case, one of the other great benefits of building a brand is that if you've built your brand, you're more immune to, things like that destroying your business, which they can. In other words, if you have advocates online and you have 
reviews online. You've got other things online that are, that are, you know, supportive of you and telling that positive story is going to protect you. It's like, I tell people the story of a, a true story of, uh, there's a woman who started at uh, first newspaper I worked at. I was a journalist before I went into PR. Um, she just started the paper. Um, she was going to start the, the following Monday, but she was invited to a party um, that Friday night before her first day. And I, she was probably nervous because she didn't know anybody and she was starting a new job, but she drank too much, like a lot too much. And to the point where something that everyone remembers to this day happened, which was that she basically mistook uh, the laundry room for the bathroom and the dryer for the toilet. So what happened was um, she didn't come to work on Monday and she never came to work after that. She was so mortified by, she came into a situation where no one knew her, no one knew anything about her. And that's the impression she made. She didn't, she's just, she said, I can't, I accepted this job. I was so happy to get this job. I'm not even showing up for work. Compare that to someone who maybe had worked there for a long time, who people really liked. They knew she didn't have, say, a drinking problem or that they're, you know, they knew that she was a good person and she was conscientious and she did her job. And then, and then the same thing happened. Well, on Monday, maybe people would tease her or maybe her boss might say, is everything okay at home? But they would have that context to say, you know, it's okay and move on. These things happen. Um, that's the way you, uh, even a small business needs to think about their presence online. That brand is more than something that can help people know you to do business with you. It's also a shield for when things that are unexpected happen, deserved or undeserved, um, you're going to have much more of a uh, insulation uh, around you uh, against these cancellations and all these things that can happen on social media today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, starting off that whole idea of, you know, what does our brand mean? What do we mean? It could start off with really simple stuff, you know, like it does the website properly reflect your website, properly reflect your organization. Does your logo is a professional? Does it represent, what the, you know, do you have a tagline? Does a tagline mean something to you? Uh, is it real? What is what is the commitment that you have to your clients when you work with them? You know, what, what do you, what do you, what's your promise? That's all branding. Right. You know, that's just the start of it, but it, it can be as simple as that. It doesn't need to be uh, like what everybody thinks of branding. And that is, Oh, I need to spend a hundred thousand dollars. So people know my name, you know, right. I mean, that's right. You know, for a small business, a hundred thousand. Right. So, so, you know, it doesn't need to be that it could be all these different things. And, um, listen, I get that a small business owner is running around with their head cut off. I get it. Right. But the things I just mentioned, are they not important? You know, I, I I'm being rhetorical, I'm having, yeah. I'm asking a rhetorical question here, right? Is the way when you, your number one face to your client is probably your website, right? Is it, is it, does it look good? Right. That is not a a, a, a area that a business owner should not be concerned with is <laughs> probably the top thing. Okay. How you answer the phone. I mean, do you do answer the phone anymore? How do your employees, what they talk, the salespeople, you know, the customer service, those are all 
part of your branding project, right? Now you can get down the path, down the road, down the road, uh, where you, you're, you're really getting into a little bit more depth of your branding, right? But these are all really branding. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I, I write in the book about how, and this is something that I think really resonates, especially with smaller businesses, how your website uh, is a proxy for who you are as a business and what people can expect from you. So a lot of people think, oh, I, I've got a website up. It's like a brochure and they can call me, you know, but no, um, things like um, do, does the language uh, resonate? with me because you understand who your buyer, who your customer is. Do you have just have a bunch of stock art you pulled off of Shutterstock or something as opposed to pictures of your team? The, the best way to, to, to not to seem like everybody else that does what you do is to have a bunch of stock art that they can have on their site too. Um, if you've got authentic pictures of you, you with customers, it doesn't have to cost a million dollars to, no, to have no. some nice, real, authentic photography on site. It goes such a long way. We ha we spent a bunch of money one time on uh, team pictures because we wanted some really, uh, we, we got a, brought in a um, really uh, high quality photographer when we were redoing our website. He, he took um, pictures of the team and they had a lot of personality and uh, you know, so when I when I encourage uh, our clients to 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 invest in that way, they say, "Well, that's a lot of money. What? Why should I do that? What? What's the return on that? Um, how do I know that that anything will come from that?" And I said, "Well, obviously, it's a photograph on a website, and having authentic photography, you can't necessarily exactly say what the return is." But and they'll say, "Yeah, well, exactly." And then I'll say, "Well, but in my case, I can say that doing that." Uh, was worth $456,000. And, and the story is that literally within a month of those pictures going up on the website of the team, uh, I got a call from someone, a technology company that said, the, the CMO said they had been doing an agency review and they were down to the final two candidates. They thought they'd pick one, but she had never made a connection with either of those two final firms. So she did some more Googling, right? And for the first time, we had never been involved in that RFP process to be down to the final two. She said, I went to your team page and there was somehow a connection. I felt like that those kind of pictures were the pictures that I want of, of my team on my site. And I felt like I got to know you somehow almost better than I got to know the firms that were in the RFP. So we've got brought in at the end, and won the business, and that total is what over the course of a year the client spent. And okay, uh, she she called out the team pictures as the reason why she she wanted to talk to us. So um, you're not always going to get that uh, specific a answer as to ROI, but you can bet uh, we know that an agency or most consulting services, as one example of a category the second place they go after the homepage is the team page. You can look in your analytics and see where people go, but they want to see pictures. That's another thing. Anything that you can do, just simple things like, like your navigation. A lot of people, they think with site navigation, oh yeah, what's the path so they can fill out a form as quickly as possible? No, 
in general, navigation is a proxy for do you understand your customer? In other words, if I go to a website and I don't know how to find what I'm looking for, it's more than the frustration of I can't find what I'm looking for. I get the impression of you as a brand that you don't get me. I probably feel that if I had a customer service call with you, we'd be talk, going round and round for an hour. Or if, or if you get, if, I, if you had a product with an instruction manual, I wouldn't be able to make heads or tails of it. So you can you could take almost every element. If if your website takes uh, ten seconds to load, I probably think you're just slow in general. If you don't update the content on your website, like I'm glad you're updating your blog with your agency. If you if you're not updating the content on your website, how do I know you're updating your product roadmap? How do I know you're up to date on anything? Uh, so all of these things that a lot of smaller business owners in particular say, well, let me just slap up a website. Well, a lot more people are going to see that website than you're ever going to meet one-on-one to tell people one-on-one what you're about. So you better make sure that website is as good and as accurate and as positive a representation of all those aspects of your business as possible. Give me a uh a list of things that you think for you, let's say you're running a $3 million uh, company. Okay. Give me a list from a, a, a small business branding angle that you would like a checklist of things that you would do. It doesn't have to be in any particular order, but I mean, we we just mentioned one. Is your website up to date? Is it look? Does it look good? Does it look? Uh, does it reflect your your company? Uh, is it professional? Is it not slapped up? You know, that's that's one. All right. Give me some other ones. Yeah, I, I think that's a starting point. Uh, is your website? You know, we have clients that come to us and say, "Hey, we want a PR program," and we'll look at their website and say, "You know what? You're not ready for a PR program. Do you really want to draw people back to that website?" Let's talk about it. It's it's not it doesn't have a clear message, clear value proposition. It doesn't look good. It's got all these issues. So yeah, so starting with the website and the messaging embedded into that is a great place to start. Um, then, as I mentioned before, even when people search your brand, the great majority of the time they don't click through to your website first. They're looking at other places. So I call that when someone searches for your brand, um, that first page of Google results. I call that your second homepage. So I would go there next. Um, as a local business or a small business, um, you, you you should definitely take advantage of the tools Google makes available to small businesses. Um, Google, um, your Google business profile, which used to be called Google My Business, that big panel that appears when someone searches for you. A lot of people, you know, literally let random Google... Um, uh, uh, random Google images uh, appear uh, there um, for when where their business is represented, or don't fill in details about even the hours. They don't they don't fill in the Q and A section. Um, Google business profiles also allow you to basically have blog posts that have offers and things like that um, that you can load and uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, so if you think about it, that panel, you should be always be adding great imagery of your team and the work you do. You should be make sure there's a good description of your business there. Um, 
and you should collect reviews. Um, Google reviews are represent over 50% of all on, online reviews are Google reviews. They're enhancing it all the time. It's a big part of their business. They've just added the capability to post video with your Google review as a consumer, for example. So all of these elements are really important for your online visibility. And guess what? Google also uses that in determining how to rank you. So if you've done a great job of completing that business profile, you've got a nice website because it can look at your website because it's looking at your page speed and all those things through Google Analytics. It can look at all these things, all right? Um, if you're doing those things right, then you've got a better chance of being in 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 that, what's let's call that Google three pack for a local business, which is, you know, appearing in that maps listing that, that is the first thing that people see when they, they search for plumber near me or whatever the small business might be. So under learning the Google game for local businesses uh, or any small business is extremely important. And I would say after your own website, that would be next. And then I'd start looking at, well, let's just look at what else comes up on that first page of branded search results. Is there a review site there? Maybe it's even Glassdoor because not just employees and, and people you're trying to recruit look at Glassdoor. Everybody looks at that because for a lot of businesses, it's like the second search result after their after their own website. It's such a powerful domain, right? So are you taking care of that? Are you making sure it has a good description of you, pictures of your team? Hopefully you're, you're being good to your people and, and you're encouraging them to leave positive reviews other review sites, every single industry or sector today has review sites. For small businesses, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the Better Business Bureau website, bbb.org, is one of the most trafficked websites in the world. And so there's two ways you can score points there. One is you get your Better Business Bureau accreditation and you can get a, uh, a, an evaluation from them, which is a grade letter score. You want to get an A-plus rating from Better Business Bureau. But they also, separately from their rating of you, they also have consumer reviews on their site. And hundreds of thousands of people every month are going there to find um, a, a local business to do any number of things. But it's if you think of all the things that you would look for for a local vendor to do. Um, Better Business Bureau. So I'd say to answer your question, after your website, I'd go to, as a small business, website, Google reviews, or, or say Google presence, any other things that pop out on your first page of, of search results for your brand, and, and then Better Business Bureau. Covering those bases is kind of a, a nice foundation to yeah. start, and it's very doable. What do you think is better, the uh, uh, the Google to the Google review? Not better. What do you think is more traffic gets more used, the Google reviews or the Better Business Bureau reviews? Oh, Google for sure, because Google embeds those reviews everywhere. Remember, there's there's a lot of better Better Business Bureau reviews, but over half of all reviews online are Google reviews. Google makes it so easy to leave reviews. And it's so omnipresent. Um, and um, Google hasn't confirmed this specifically, but it's been proven basically by empirical research by SEO people that your search results will improve. Your online visibility will improve if you have a lot of positive 
Google reviews. If you have a bad review presence, especially with Google, it's going to damage your search visibility. And when you, for a local business, the first thing that comes up that people look for is that maps result and the Google reviews are embedded in that. So they have way more visibility that for, for, for better business bureau, it's just on their website. So you think of it like it, it's someone who is very directed and focused on making a good decision about a vendor, especially if you've been burned before, for example, or by a roofing company or something like that. Better Business Bureau is the kind of place people go. It's most, um, it, it, it has the most influence with over 40 uh, demographic, but they've done a great job of staying they're They've been around since 1912. You know, they not only predate the internet, they predate, you know, cars. <laughs> they, they go back to horse and buggy, but they've done a great job of staying relevant. So they form partnerships with um, Meta, different social media companies and things like that. So they've a lot of relevance in general, but I think um, generationally as the, the buyer gets older, the, it's the influence with them of a better business bureau review or rating increases. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, you know, like, I think I could talk to you for another hour, but unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's, it's a deep topic. At some point where you have to do as a business owner is stop reading and listening and, and, and implement. Right. I mean, so, yes. you know, hopefully we've given you some really good ideas and, um, and we kind of go from there, but uh, fortunately, you kind of got to move forward, uh, you know, move on. Uh, I'd like to thank so very much, uh, uh, Scott uh, Baradell from Idea Grow for coming up today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Also, if you really uh, liked this or other podcasts that I've done, please give us a five star review on, on your podcasting app. It helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can also call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Scott, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Well, uh, two ways. You can go to the Trust Signals website, which is trustsignals.com. And there's a contact page there where you can... Uh, contact me through the information there or fill out a form. Also, if you're interested in agency services, particularly if you're a B2B tech company, that's our focus. Our agency website is ideagrove.com and you can contact me through that contact page as well. And the book, is the book on the website? Yes, you can buy the book through the trustsignals.com website. It's also on Amazon and just about all the places you can buy a book these days. Yeah, cool. Great. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, so I think my takeaway today for all the business owners out there is um, work, get rid of the name branding and work on the name trust and look at your company and work on the part of your company that you that you feel you, you need to build trust with, rather it be your website, rather it be... Uh, how people answer the phone it could be whatever it was mm-hmm. it could be you know the the things what we talked about today were the website uh google reviews online presence and the better business bureau by the way those are all things that i do oh great of. so i mean they were all true to form so um 
Other than that, it's the end of the year for 2022. For those of you who are listening in 2022, um, I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy new year. And um, just uh, remember, you're only as good an entrepreneur as you are uh, healthy. So that's got to be your number one priority every day. Not your job, not your uh, going to work, not your company is not your number one priority. It's your health. You are not good to your family. You are not good to your business if you don't take care of yourself first. It's something I live my life by. So everybody have a fantastic day. Great podcast.